Hey guys, welcome back to the Podcasters Podcast. Today's episode is a bit of a different one. We're going to, by we, me and Kane, are going to break down what happened when we launched this podcast, what we've done in the preparation to launch, and actually go into the results we achieved when we launched the podcast. Yeah, lift the lid a little bit. So I've got our analytics here on our hosting site, Omni Studio. So we've done a couple of episodes about pre-pre-launch, pre-launch, how to market your show, all of these things. Uh, we can link those in the show notes. But I thought, well, when we spoke the other day, it'd be good to do a breakdown of exactly our results when we did it. So launch day was November 3rd, I believe. November 3rd, 2021. So I was pretty much at the time solely responsible for promoting it. I had zero social media following at all other than a bit of stuff was doing on Clubhouse at bit the of time. Your family. Did you get your mum and mum no, n- no, no family were involved in the marketing of this show. Oh. So um, so I'll, I'll break down exactly what we did. So the sort of year previous to this, I'd been pretty active on Clubhouse, answering a lot of questions, uh, podcast related, things like this. So I didn't have a fo- following at all. However, what I had got was a bunch of conversations with people that um, had asked about podcasting. So that's really where I lent into a lot of the marketing. So we talk about you know social media promotion, in-person marketing, DM campaigns. I really sort of lent into DM campaigns for this because I just didn't have the social following. So sometimes people say like, oh, I'm launching a podcast. I don't have a social media. Should I start one? Like a, a, one specifically for the podcast? No. Because now you've got, two things with zero following you're trying to promote <laughs> which is like an uphill battle to say the least so created some assets for social media for um stories and things but wasn't hopeful of those it, it's one of those things that you kind of have to do mm. it might not move the needle that much but you need to make sure there's no stone turn left unturned so that was a big part of promotion was the dm campaign and i'll, I'll go into how I did that in just a minute. But one thing that we spoke about on the episode about launching that is vital is a giveaway. Mm-hmm. So here at Progressive Media, we have podcast agency packages. So we help people with marketing, production, things like this. And I knew if I was going to be talking to people about helping them with their podcast, because that's what the podcaster's podcast does, or aims to do at least, then chances are everybody I spoke to would want done for you service as a giveaway so that's what we did we said two months or it might have been three months of editing on a weekly audio only podcast so that was a cost to us because we had to deliver that and we had staff employed to do that but the dm campaign was hey don't know if you're still podcasting but if you are i'm launching a podcast that offers advice to other podcasters and to celebrate i'm giving away three months worth of editing and production through our progressive media are you interested and that was question one and i probably dm'd maybe 350 odd people ish Mm -hmm. 300 to 400 people that i'd spoken to even if it was just one message in the last 12 months you know we'd connected about podcasting and that was purely just through instagram now if other people had a more established channels on maybe facebook or linkedin and things like if i had those things at the time I would have used them, 
but they were just non-existent. Say so if we were doing it now, I mean, the podcast has been a large reason for a lot of our following, but um, with what we both have now on LinkedIn and then your Instagram being even bigger, we'd probably be able to do even better again. But the fact, the fact is you didn't lean into how many followers you had, you lent into how valuable each one was. So they weren't a large number, but they were the right kind of follower. Yeah, they were exactly. the right kind of connection, which meant you could offer something that you knew they'd be interested in because you could have a following of 100,000 but if what your podcast is and what your giveaway is is unrelated to those people, it's probably a lot harder than if you have a few hundred people who you know want what you have to offer. Yeah, 100%. And that that was really to our benefit that everybody I'd spoken to was an ideal listener for the show. Hmm. So I just DM'd all of them. So that was my first message. So I did a bit of a sequence. Um, then everyone that responded, yes, I'm interested, I then gave them a breakdown of how they entered the competition, which was... Well, all you have to do is listen to one of the episodes, hit subscribe, and take a screenshot of that and send it back to me in these DMs, and I will put your name in a hat. And I did like a random name generator that I found on Google that was free, just to add to you know the theatrics of it. Obviously, <laughs> definitely should have recorded it and made a whole big yeah so, shebang. Yeah, for it. it was a bit a bit of a social post, which was nice. Um, but that, that was basically it. One thing I did learn on the DM campaign side of it, though, was some people took like seven days to respond. Like, really? I, yeah, I'm assuming some people, you know, if they're very busy, like social media accounts, they might have like a day of the week that they go through all of that stuff. So I definitely recommend sending that first message at least a week before your launch date. Do you know what, as well? I think a lot of people would have thought just by seeing a message from you, knowing what they've spoken to you about before a podcast, and be like, oh, it's a sales message. Probably thought that. Maybe. So then... They've not bothered opening it. And when they finally got around to opening it, they've gone, oh, no, no, they're giving away something rather than he's trying to sell me something. Yeah, exactly. So th- that's that might be the case. Who knows? So that's one thing that I learned is I wish I did it seven days before. I think I probably did it about five days before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, if you're doing a sequence of, of messages, then you really need all the time you can get. Yeah. So DM'd everybody that wants. All of those that then sort of self-opted in and was like, yeah, love the sound of that. Listen, subscribe, send me a screenshot. And then on the day, I went in and sent them the Apple link. Now, I've discussed on the show before, send the Apple link. We're always trying to get that number one in the Apple charts. The other charts don't really matter. So just share the Apple link. So I sent them and I said, here's the link. I got up early that day, sent out probably, I think out of like the 350-ish people that I DM'd, I probably had like 150 get back to me. Yeah. About. Um, so for all of those and, and, and again not all of those would have participated on the day I then said hey here's the link go now you've got until 11.59 so that was step one was it the DM campaign step two was like we tell everyone we launched with six episodes roughly and one of those was an interview with a gent called Alex Chisnell he also has a podcast agency he's also got a really great podcast called Screw It Don't uh, Screw It Just Do It completely fumbled that then sorry Alex. <laughs> poor Alex sorry poor Alex it's a great show um, <laughs> clearly memorable yeah. yeah 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 no Tom and I always say it's a really good name um but Alex and I get on really well and he had an engaged audience so if he was willing to share it which he was that's going to have a bigger impact than maybe somebody with an even bigger pool an even bigger name I, I think Alex probably has like four or 5,000 Instagram followers and quite a few on LinkedIn, right? So it's a reasonable size following, highly engaged. His fans really like his stuff. So he was sharing it 
along the day so when we went live that day he was like go check out the episode and for ages that was like our most uh, watched and listened to episode and then as we were creeping up the charts he was also like screenshotting it and putting it on his story and tagging me saying like, oh congratulations all the way up until getting to number one if only all guests were like that <laughs> uh, yeah yeah honestly so that was the biggest thing in terms of okay we had no audience we had no pool really so dms because first of all if you only rely on just posting on social media generally people don't feel like that is for them like if you just scroll through instagram or linkedin and you see some generic launching podcast right that doesn't feel like it's for you but if somebody specifically dms you saying hey i know you're in this space i don't know if you're still in this space Mm -hmm. here's a show for you oh and by the way you could also win like a wicked prize Mm. That's really personal. And you can even, if you're quite good at it, cop- get a copy and paste message, which looks personal. With with different types of outreach, if you're trying to get a guest or sponsorship, it has to be personal. But these yeah. ones, you can, the way you just worded it, you could send that to every single person. Oh, I know yeah. you were in this space because you're messaging everyone that was in the space. Exactly. And it looks like it's personal. And a lot of people think, oh, he's just messaged me that. Exactly. Especially as a right above that message would have been us do it like me answering their podcast questions. Yeah. So when I then send them a message, I haven't spoken to them in seven months saying, hey, don't know if you're still podcasting, but if you are, here's something for you. It, that copied and pasted message worked for everyone, basically. Mm. So yeah, if you can craft it to copy and paste it, it'll save you a lot of time. It took me ages, like pretty much the two thirds of a day to send all of those messages. Even just copy and pasting takes ages and scrolling through that many people. So definitely if you can copy and paste, do it so let's break down some of the numbers so really the main two marketing things we were doing was dms and luckily we had one guest that was really willing to share it and we're leveraging their audience so for context we got to number one i don't know how many countries quite a few countries so we're in the education category um Mm -hmm. and how to so first off straight off the bat is nowhere near as competitive as say business These results probably might not have got number one in business, but this is the relevant category to us. And it was like a bunch of countries we got to number one in. And so November 3rd, we had 114 downloads. Now we had six episodes out that day. Um, So some of those will be multiple you know, one person listening to multiple clips. Realistically, that's probably no more than 60 or 70 unique downloads, is it? Yeah, exactly. So to have like zero social media following other than just DMing people, there was no industry event. So I couldn't take out normal advice and go do in-person stuff. Mm -hmm. And with the help of one person sharing, we got to 114 downloads, which is like, you know, if you're in front of 114 people in a room, that might be a bit overwhelming, but in terms of podcast downloads, like very modest. And that was able to get to number one. We got over 45 star reviews and Within a week, we'd signed up a client to one of our agency packages at £10,000. So that that was the big one for, for me is you go from zero following to a podcast. Then without having to sell anybody anything, just purely just, you know, there's giving value. Yeah, there's about five, six hours worth of content there. Really good value stuff. And then they reached out to me, email being in the show notes saying, hey, listen to the podcast and this is an american gent right so way outside of our um network saying hey listen to the podcast 
I want to launch one. Can you help me do it? Absolutely, I can. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's your short code? <laughs> yeah, basically. So here's the invoice. Um, so I, I wanted to break this down because I know as you know, podcast professionals, people who do um, like education and courses on this sort of stuff, we have the agency. It's very easy to like hide numbers in podcasting. Of course. Right? So like none of this is, um, no podcast data is public. And a lot of people lie about their numbers, mm. which is just like, fine, do, do whatever makes you comfortable. But that can probably have an adverse effect on people that it discourages them from even starting. Yeah. Which is like such a shame. If somebody's got really good, valuable information, then they should have a podcast. They should get it out there. You don't know who that might go on to help. So I'm hoping that zero social following, a bit of grunt work, essentially, you get 114 downloads, which is all right. You know, it's very doable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. It's something to write home about. And that's able to get you a number one show, which nobody can take away from us now. You can have that screenshot and you can tell people all the time, which I do. Just like being an Amazon bestseller. Yeah. Isn't it? Once you're an Amazon bestseller, once you're always an Amazon bestseller. I could have been sat there for two hours. It doesn't matter. I was number one. Um, and then instantly generated revenue within a week. So that, that was the big one for me because the purpose of the podcast is a brand builder have one place for FAQs, but really it's to generate business into our company. So immediately you can see an ROI if you've got a product or a service to sell and you've got no following to start. You mm. can still have a number one podcast that generates cash. Absolutely. Especially if you're so certain companies might have CRMs with thousands of people who they've had contact with. If you can reach out to those people who were once leads, this could really warm up leads. And even if your podcast if it isn't in the launch stage and you've been doing it for a year, then you can always reach out to people who you've, who've gone cold and then get them to listen to it because it's, a, it's not a sell. It's not a give me money. It's, mm. oh, check out this free content, which will be useful for you. But then that might naturally make them a warm lead again and ready to buy. Well, that actually reminds me, that's a good point. I'm glad you said that because as our giveaway was production services, every single one of those DMs that I sent saying, got progressive media we do xyz we're giving away three months of service completely for free for the winner what i was doing to all those people is making them aware that i've got this awesome product that you really want you're telling me you really want it so what happens as soon as the competition's over you just immediately follow up with all of those people to say sorry you didn't win i'll put you on the list the next time i do a competition about six months time uh, but in the meantime do you need my help because you know that they want it. So that's one of the things I like about this giveaway model with um, promoting a podcast launch or a relaunch is it gives you license to promote the arse out of all of your products and services. And nobody cares because it's under the guise of, well, you could win this for free. Yeah. So that's why it's always good, if possible, to have a giveaway that's linked to your business. What, what, what you do, your business. And the other thing is, for whoever wins, you can give them three months of service. Um, I don't actually know what the result was in the end, but after three months, there's a good chance they're going to want to continue. Yeah. And then they're the, as warm as a lead could possibly be. 100%. Uh, if you've got a subscription model and you offer people a month free on your subscription model, well, what happens at the end of that month? Do you want to continue? Pay me £5 a month. Absolutely. So even the winner can become a really, really warm lead, um, as well as those that don't win anything that you can just follow up with. 100%. Listen, if you guys need help with your launch or relaunch of your show, our contact details are down below. I'm more than happy to 
break this down. We build these launch plans for people all the time. I mean, actually, to highlight how important the launch aspect is, you said 114 downloads, right? Yeah. That got us to number one. That got us to new and noteworthy as well, didn't it? Yeah. Um, and brought us in five figures worth of revenue, right? We now get on every episode, usually between 100 to 150 downloads, yet we are absolutely nowhere in the education charts. We yeah. upload twice weekly. Because the charts are so much harder to get into when you're already established, unless you're massive, because it works on a percentage increase, which is why people, it frustrates me when people come to us like, yeah, yeah, I've just launched, or they'll be like, oh, no, 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 well, I'll work with you after I've launched. And you're like, well, that's the biggest point. It's the the big bit you're missing out, because that's when you can do okay and get in the charts. Now we are, I can see our graphs increasing, we're getting more and more downloads, but we're still not touching the education charts now. Because yeah. it's not a massive increase. Like well, no, was. chances are most of the people that listen to the show are subscribed. Yeah. So then you need that big increase, as you say, in subscribers for it to see like a material difference. But also, there's not an awful lot of need for the charts once you've done it once. Yeah. To be honest. The, everyone in the podcast industry recognises that charts are a bit of a like, okay, they're not, they're not that great. You can get there quite easily. But you if you can show it to someone outside of the industry that you want to interview or you want to sponsor you, Absolutely. Or it's in your bio saying, I'm a number one podcast. It looks you, makes you look way bigger than you essentially are. Well, it's social proof, isn't it? If you want to get that really good guest or you want to try and eke that extra bit of money out of sponsorship, that screenshot to say, look, I'm a number one show. Especially when you're new, right? And people are not necessarily that trusting of you. Mm. Do, I, do I want to spend 60 minutes of my time listen, like being interviewed on this podcast? What if there are nobody? Oh, okay, they're a number one show. All right, well, maybe, you know, that's a bit of social proof. You you probably get some, like, slightly better caliber of people on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, definitely, like you say, it's best to build a launch process and follow something like this. And, like I said, go listen to our other episodes on these things because it's never going to be easier than when you're just starting out. Yeah, absolutely. And it's contrary to popular belief because people think the longer you do it, the easier it is to get in the charts. But it, it really isn't. It's... Get it right at the start, get in the charts, and don't worry about it again. Yeah, if you're in the charts, you'll get some more organic listeners. But apart from that, once you've done it once, there's no real benefit to being there again. It's just get there once, so you can kind of use it as proof. 100%. That's a wrap. That is. Cheers, guys.